I'd like you, if you have your Bibles, as you should have your Bibles, because you haven't come to play tennis here, you've come to church. All right. Uh, if you do have your Bibles, please uh, take your Bibles out, and we're going to be looking at God's Word. I'm going to continue on our series, Unboxing Love. And Sam, thank you for speaking last week, and I trust you were blessed by his message he spoke from... Making sure you remember, I do, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the different aspects of love and uh, how God wants us to grow in love and also understand what true love is. But today I want to address something that I believe is quite important and uh, critical to us in connecting with God's love and also in loving one another. In today's world of selfies, self-help books and a self-obsessed culture. Listen to this question. Is it okay to love yourself? The remedy for selflessness is love, Jesus said. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. And with all your strength. The second commandment is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. So is God saying that we need to be in love with ourselves? Make up your mind. Jesus said, another version, it says this, The first in importance is, listen Israel, the Lord your God is one, so love God with all your passion and prayer and intelligence and energy. And here is the second, love others as well as you love yourself. What is it? Love others as well as you love yourself. So what exactly is self-love? It almost seems contrary sometimes to everything that's in the Bible because it's about others. Love one another. Love your husband. Love your wife. Love your children. Love, love the world. Love, love. It's always about giving of yourself, right? Whatever you read in the Bible is usually about us giving of ourselves to something outside of ourselves. When you think, think of the scripture that says, consider others better than yourself, it's again of considering others in comparison to yourself. But I do not believe in any way that God wants us to undermine ourselves in order to lift somebody else up. Right? Because it is very hard to lift somebody else up when you are in a pit. But it's much easier to pull yourself, pull somebody else up when you are at a different height to them. Now sometimes we are all in a pit and we need one another to just get one another out. Right? 
And so there's so many different aspects and this analogy can go so far. But self-love is the belief you hold that you are valuable and a worthy person. An example of self-love is when you have a positive view of yourself and are confident in yourself and your place in this world. I like this explanation of self-love. It's about valuing yourself. And I'm afraid so much of Christianity sometimes teaches us to almost diminish ourselves so that we can then be empowered to love others. And I believe that is wrong. And I'll explain why and we will come to a conclusion from Scripture. So an example of self-love is when you have a positive view of yourself and are confident in yourself and your place in this world. Self-love is a state of appreciation. Everybody say appreciation. Appreciation. For oneself that grows from actions that support your physical psychological and spiritual growth. Self-love is dynamic. It grows by actions, actions that mature us. And so we have got to learn the importance and not feel guilty to care for ourselves. To look after numero uno not because numero uno is numero uno, but because if number one is going to be an effective individual in this place, I must be whole in order to bless people that are broken. Amen? I must be complete in order to help incomplete people find the wholeness that I have found. The Bible is clear. The blind must never... You always need someone who is sighted to help a blind person. We always need someone who is well to help us when we are sick. When we act in ways that expand self-love in us, we begin to accept much better our weaknesses. We begin to acknowledge that we're not perfect, but that we can become whole and better people. We take hold and embrace our shortcomings and our weaknesses, but also we are able to allow compassion for ourselves and the struggling issues of humanity. We are better able to embrace all those things and look forward and out. And so I want us to understand when Jesus thought about dying to self, he was not asking you to hate yourself so much in order to love him. What he was saying to die to self is to submit to the love of God. Because in that, is where you find your wholeness and completeness. Self-love is 
not simply about putting yourself above everything else because the Bible clearly instructs us to do just the opposite. It says, consider others better than yourselves. But to do that effectively, you must know and understand your own worth and value. You must clearly know how much God loves you. You must understand the extent to which He has gone to prove His love for you. And out of Him proving His love for you, out of you receiving His love, what is that love for? Who is that love for? Your neighbor? For your family? No, what is that love for? Don't choke on the word me. It's for me, myself. When I receive God's love, when I become a recipient of God's perfect love, that makes me whole. It completes me. And out of my completeness and wholeness, I am able to love my neighbor as myself. When your love for self is rooted in your understanding of how much God loves you, it is pure and whole. But if your love for self is rooted simply in how much you love yourself, narcissism, I am numero uno. I have everything that I need and want is within me. I am self-sufficient. When your love is rooted in yourself, it is when it is broken and imperfect. You understand that? And so I'm giving you two illustrations of loving oneself where you are, your love and your understanding is rooted and based on the foundation that God loves you, that you have received His love, and out of that you are able to love yourself so that you might love others. But there's the other side where I believe that I love myself simply because of who I am, which is not a bad thing, but it loses its focus and its strength when that love is simply about what I have. Because what I have is limited to the capacity of my humanity. But in God, what I have is not limited to the capacity of my humanity, but the supernatural ability of God to bestow upon me love that is immeasurable. That is unconditional and never ending. Amen. <clears throat> so you choose how you will love yourself. Most of us try to love ourselves from ourselves. And we end up frustrated, disappointed, broken. We look for love in other places to feel loved. And we might find it temporarily. But it doesn't fulfill and complete our lives. <clears throat> I want to illustrate this so as we understand this. Let me find you. 
This is you. Whatever you say, this is me. This is you. And this is the capacity of love that you have. As long as this cup is kept full, you're doing pretty good. Now, Emma, would you help me? Do you mind filling yourself up? This is God. And imagine that there is a never-ending source of God's love there. And that is Emma. Are you filled up to the brim and overflowing? Are you happy? Alright. And Emma has her family that she needs to love. And through the week, Emma has to give some love to her family. So where will you give love from your family from? You. So you give a little bit of yourself. So you pour out some love. And how much love have you got now that Emma? Uh, that's right. And you might get some love back from your family. And so that's good. But then you've got to give again. And so let them see the word. And so you give to your family. And so as you give to your family, her cup of love is coming down. And then there's her friends that text and say, Emma, and so she pours a little bit of herself into her friends. I've got no more hands now. And uh, her friends have a little bit of love that Emma has given her. And what's happening to Emma's portion of love? It's going down. But you see, the Bible says, love others. Die to yourself. Put others first. Come on, Emma. Keep going. Work. Give it all you got. Go for it. Over time, there's extra money coming through. Brilliant. Well done. By the end of the week, Emma looks at herself and what does she find about herself? Empty. She's empty. But I did what Jesus told me. To love others. To put others first. Why is it that I am now empty because I did what Jesus asked me to do. Well, whatever is doing is what Jesus never did. He never gave so much of himself that he didn't have a source from which he was able to give from. Which is why Jesus was with people, but at times he withdrew. Because where did he go when he withdrew? He went to the Father. The source of all things. Amen. So if Emma's love is simply based on her ability to love, it is up to the capacity of her humanity. But if Emma's love is based on God's capacity to keep filling her up, there is never any shortage of the love that Emma can give. Because when work takes a lot, God gives her more. When others draw her out, God gives her more. When her mom and dad make demands of her, Emma, come on, you got to do it. What happens? Emma has got more. There is never any shortage in the kingdom of God. Amen. Thank you so much, Emma. And so for us to live our lives in this world effectively, meaningfully, with purpose, with momentum, 
with a sense of fulfillment even through the challenges of everyday life and our ups and downs we have to go to the source of love god is love and in him there is no darkness dear friends let us continue to love one another for love comes from god Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God but anyone who does not love does not know God for God is love God showed us how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him This is real love not that we loved God but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away sin. <clears throat> the word of God assumes that the selfishness of man will do pretty well in loving itself. But it does not assume that we need God first. And therefore God says, "Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, and with all your soul." And the second, love your neighbor as yourself. Amen. And we need to revolutionize our understanding of what it means to love one another. The walk of faith, our relationship with God must be founded on the basis and the understanding that we are loved by God no matter who we are and where we have come from and that he considers us worthy enough to be loved by him. Now I know there is a place and there is scripture that says that we were unworthy to receive his love. But please don't come before God in an unworthy manner because it is a an insult to his creation and his creativity because he loves his creation that's you. And sin makes us unworthy. You with me? It's the nature of sin that makes us unworthy. But you are worthy of God's love. Amen. So value yourself for who you are. I have been created by God. Beautifully knitted together in my mother's womb for a time such as this which is why I'm alive, which is why I am breathing, which is why you see me and I see you. Amen. because we are here created with purpose created in love to love in this world god showed his love for us by sending christ to die for us while we were yet sinners there is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friend jesus loved you in your unworthy state that's the nature of sin but he loved you because you were worthy to be you with me oh come on we need to come to god with confidence we need to be drawn to his holy spirit with a deep sense of our value that god loves us that his grace is ever sufficient for us that his presence is always with us and that he always wants us to draw near to him but if you have 
an unworthy attitude, if you have a self-deprecating attitude, you cannot draw near to God because guilt and shame will keep you away from the love of the Father. And you have got to exchange the guilt and the shame and the condemnation. That's what the Bible says. There is no. no condemnation, no guilt, no shame. There's nothing you can do to upset God anymore. We have been pastoring for years and there's nothing that surprises me about people. Some people, Pastor, I couldn't believe they did this. How long have you been alive? How long have you been dealing with people? There's nothing that surprises me anymore. There was a time I'd go, oh my God, how could they? But not anymore. This is humanity. Oh, but pastor, they held the Bible like this and they preached. Uh, but they're still human beings. And they will do crazy things that you never believed they would. But God still loves them. Amen. And you need to draw near to God as He draws near to you. So, here are a few simple things we're going to point out that you can do and then we will close. Be more mindful of yourself. Of your own feelings and emotions. Of your own needs. Because when those needs and emotions are met in Jesus Christ, you are able to keep giving. Focus on your need to be loved by God. Focus on your need to be whole in Jesus Christ. Because out of that wholeness, you can help to heal broken people. Take care of yourself. Take care of yourself physically. Take care of yourself emotionally. Take care of yourself psychologically. Take care of yourself spiritually. Because out of that fullness... You can give to an empty, hungry world. Amen. Learn to say no. Busyness does not equal fruitfulness or productivity. Learn to prioritize the things that are important in keeping with the call of God on your life. Learn to say no firstly to the temptation and the distraction of sin. Learn to say no to unnecessary activity. And scale down and pre-prioritize your life. So you live a life of purpose every day. Think about the unnecessary things that you do. I have a passion when I work in teams to just look at the team and say, why are you doing that? Oh, because it has to be done. Is there no other way to do that in less time? No, but that's the way we've always done it. Yes, but is there another way to do it? And if there is, buy back time. So you can put time into something more important. Which is why here at Life we don't have unending meetings and unnecessary meetings. It needs to be purposed. There must be productivity when we gather. Amen. And lastly, learn to forgive yourself every day. 
Because one of the most challenging things is when we fail, as we all do. We say something we wish we hadn't. We do something we wish we should not have done. We feel something towards somebody and we regret that feeling or that emotion. We've got to learn to forgive ourselves. Because when we exercise the power to forgive ourselves, you strengthen and build your muscle to love others. Amen. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, we thank you for this morning, for your word that calls us to learn the joy of receiving your unconditional love from you. And out of that, enjoying a sense of wholeness and completeness for ourselves. And from that place, Lord, being able to love our neighbor as well as we love ourselves. Lord, today if any of us have underestimated just how much we are worth to you. If any of us have, Lord, thought lowly thoughts about ourselves. Lord, today as we take communion, we are reminded of the price that you paid where you laid down your life for us. Not because we were unworthy, but because we were worth it. That you wanted us back in a loving relationship with you. And so you laid your life down, the greatest thing that you could do. Jesus, you died on the cross for me. You forgave my sin so that I can enter into a loving relationship with the Father and the source of true and pure love. Lord, this morning, as we take communion, give us a revelation, an open heaven of what it means to be loved by you. To love ourselves so that we can love others. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.